Amen. Praise God. Well, we've been in a series about offense called the effects of offense. I believe we got a little bit more in us to, to uh, get out tonight. So let's put up Proverbs 18, 19. This is the scripture that we've been on uh, that we've just um, kind of take as the central one. And then we're going to go on from there. Some specific things tonight. You know, you could you could probably teach a long time on any of these uh, subjects, but this is um, uh, these things are speci- there's some specific things we want to get out, some specific angles tonight. Proverbs 18:19 says, "A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like bars of, of, of a castle. A brother offended. You could put in there a wife offended. You could put in there a husband offended. You could put in there a son or a daughter offended, a mother or father, a grandfather, a grandmother, a, an employer offended. I mean, you could put in there any number of uh, terms that refer to relationships. The bottom line is another human being. And a, a, it says a person or a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentions are like bars of a castle. In the New Living Translation, it says an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Notice it says uh, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. You realize if you have a friend, it's possible to drive that friend away. It's possible for offense to separate that. It says... Uh, it's hard to win an offended friend back. Well, if you had to win them back, that means you, you, you could have probably done something to not lose them in the first place. Once you've made the divide, once there's a separation, then it's harder. Now, you guys, we are human. We are, as Christians... We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and we need to be aware of that, and we need to understand that our spirits are the real us. We need to understand that we are a spirit, we have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions. We live in a body, and we need to, the more we understand that our spirits are supposed to be on the throne and leading our lives and not our intellect and not our our flesh, uh, we're going to prosper and we're going to do well. But we do have to understand we are human and the people you interact with are human. And of course you say, duh, we know that. Well, what we have to understand that they have emotions, that they have feelings. And if you just throw things out there and not expect them to have any effect, if you throw a negative word out there or make an action or fly off the handle and then come back two minutes later and say, well, it's all okay. Hey, you should forgive me. We need to understand that we're dealing with a human being, not a robot, not a computer. You know, if your computer gets mad at you, you can reboot the thing and clear out its memory and go, put it back to the reset state. You know, we have a saying, when in doubt, reboot. Get it cleared out. And half the time, more than half the time, a lot of the time, that'll fix the problem because stuff just after it's running for a while gets full or corrupted or something gets messed up. Well, humans aren't that easy. You know, don't you wish sometimes they were? Oops, said the wrong thing. Reboot. You remember nothing. You, 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 you never saw that. You come back up, hey, and just smiling like everything's good and what you said five seconds ago, it's gone. Don't you wish you could do that sometime? Anybody yep. wish you could do that? Yep. Rewind. Oh, not going to say it this time. We, we need to understand that we are dealing 
with people. Yes, even if they're born again, spirit-filled Christians, you're still dealing with a person. And telling them after you fly and say something stupid, say, and then, well, you know, you're going to ask for forgiveness and then go, well, after all, I mean, you're a Christian. Come on, let's get over this. You're not helping yourself. That's just like pouring fuel to the fire. So we need to understand that we are dealing with, yeah, their spirit, but you're dealing with the soul. You're dealing with their flesh. If you get their flesh riled up, they gotta, there's time sometimes it takes it to cool down. Husbands, wives, husbands, if you say something, your, 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 your wife, uh, just because you decide you're, you, you, know, you shouldn't have said something or you're, you know, you're sorry does not mean she's like going to just change right away and be like, oh, okay, honey. Now, she can do that. The more she's geared up with her spirit and you guys, you guys can forgive each other. And we've talked about some of that. But it's, it's foolish to just to be like think the other person is like a piece of hardware. Hey, come on, I'm okay now. Why don't you be okay? You okay now? I mean, just because I said a bunch of stupid stuff and now I'm, you're supposed to be okay. And this ha it's not just husbands, wives. I mean, any, any person. We need to understand this. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that, some things related to that tonight. It says an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Well, let's work on sometimes not doing the, the pushing away. Is there, right, and I'm going to talk about something specific that maybe we could stop that would help so that we don't have to try to win back. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Notice it says arguments separate friends. Arguments can separate. You're close, but you have an argument. So there's something in the middle. Now you're separate, but you weren't separate, but you had the argument. Well, is there anything we could do sometimes to not have the argument? We've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about this some. That's patching it up. And, and we've talked about, hey, there's some things. You see something coming. You can sidestep it. We're going to talk about a little bit more, uh, some things related to that. But if we can avoid having it in the first place, that's way better. You know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, people say. Probably a lot more than that in some circumstances. You know, an ounce of prevention could be worth a ton of cure. Just didn't do this, don't got to deal with all this other junk, right? Maybe sometimes we need to work on the, the front part instead of the back part. If we're always working on the forgiveness, maybe we ought to wind up and go back up the stream a little bit and work on what ends up needing the forgiveness. Now we could operate and we could talk about a lot of different things. I just want to pick out one thing. And we could, you know, we can apply this to multiple areas. And this thing we're talking about tonight, this could apply to a lot of, you know, in general. But let's talk, let's turn over to, Pro, or look at Proverbs 10.19. Go ahead and turn over there. You can lay your eyes on it. Proverbs 10.19. We're going to look at a, um, no, we'll just, just look at Proverbs 10.19 for now. Look at it in your Bible. I know it's up on the screen. It's a good Bible exercise. Turn it, find it. You know it's there. 
I say this a lot of times. I mention Proverbs, but Proverbs will give you wisdom. I should say it has the, it, it contains wisdom. Whether you receive it or not is up to you. But Solomon wrote a number of the Proverbs, a lot of the Proverbs, and he was the wisest man that lived. And we're going to read some things in Ecclesiastes. Now Solomon went off the rails later in life. That doesn't negate the fact that he wrote things that were inspired by God. Amen? Just, you, people can say, you know, we don't got to go into it, but you, you know, you can yield to the Spirit of God one minute and yield to your flesh the next minute. And everyone in here has done it. And we could give examples of that in the Word, but that's not our subject tonight. So, uh, just because Solomon did some stupid stuff, and you know, he did, you know why he did a lot of stupid stuff? Because he married people that he shouldn't have married, and a lot of them, and got a lot of people involved that brought in other ideas and things that weren't godly into his household, and he was warned about it, and he messed himself up. He didn't have to go away from God. He just disobeyed and didn't do it. The wisest man still did that. That should be a lesson to us. Don't think you are above what God says. If you think you're too strong to fail, you've already set yourself up to fail. That's pride. If God said don't do it, I don't care how good it looks. I don't care if you think you can handle it. That's one of the devil's favorite. He, I guess I shouldn't say it like that. It's a tactic to tell you, oh, you can handle it. You can handle this. You can, if it's what God told you not to do, why do you want to try to handle it? Why don't you just run away from it? Amen? If God said don't do it, don't see how far you can get and how close you can get to the bank. Just get away from the bank, otherwise you're liable to fall in. Well, I'm too strong for that. You're stupid. You've been deceived. If, it, if a person thinks that, I, I'm strong enough, I can deal with this. If, it, if you're messing with sin, messing with what God told you not to do, we ought to say, if that's what He told me not to do, how far away can I get from that? I'm not going anywhere near it because I am not going to put myself in a position where I end up denying my God. That's, you, do you understand when you mess with sin, you are putting yourself on the pathway, the ultimate furthest thing that you could ever do would be to walk away from God. Somebody said, I'll never do that. The Bible says that the deceitfulness of sin, it will harden you. So what you did not intend to do, you step into it, it can harden you to where ultimately you don't want to go back. Now that's a far cry, but that's the path that, why do you want to mess with that? Never knowingly do something, never go into something saying, well, I'll repent later. Maybe you don't want to repent. You realize people have started doing something, but they like it, and they keep doing it, and pretty soon they don't want to go back, and their flesh is pulled. See, this Satan does this. He gets a hook in your flesh, and you may be like, oh, I can get out. Oh, I can get out. I can get out, but you know what he's trying to get you? To jerk that thing so that it puts a hook, and now he's dragging you, and you want to get out, but now you need some help to get out. Glory to God. We're, that's not our subject, but... We need, if God said it, then let's obey him. We said that because Solomon did some stupid stuff, but that doesn't negate what, his, uh, what these things say. So in the multitude, it says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. 
In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Let me read this to you in the New Living Translation. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Too much talk. Notice what it's saying. Too much talk leads to sin. Now, did it qualify this? It just said too much talk. Didn't matter. It didn't say unless you're this type of personality. Did it? It just flat said. I mean, some people are prone to talk more than others. Some people are to you know, prone to be quiet more than others. This, and we're not, we're not here to talk about personalities. We're here to say this part says if you talk too much, if you talk about certain things, and you, because obviously it doesn't just mean complete talking too much. You can talk about the Lord and good things and, and talk about the Word. There is a time and a place to talk about things. And what we're focusing on now is when you and how it relates to offense, when we start talking and saying things, even if we don't mean to get to a certain place, starting to talk too much leads us to places we don't want to go. We end up saying things we shouldn't say, and we end up getting in arguments and getting in offense, when all we needed to do is shut up. And we'll see that with, there, so many times, if we just would not say anything, or say what needs to be said, and don't say more, we would help ourselves. And we wouldn't have to come back and patch it up. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Now, look, look at this in the uh, contemporary English version. You will say the wrong thing if you talk too much. Be, so be sensible and watch what you say. Notice it says, you will say the wrong thing if you talk too much. You will say the wrong thing. What does this mean? Well, I won't. I can handle it. I'll, I'll, I can just talk. Well, that's, that's not what the Bible says. It said, if you're talking too much, you're going to say the wrong thing. I mean, in the original version we said, when it says in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. That means if there's too much talk, there's sin in there. If you're talking about, you're starting to sin. One, you can be in pride. You can start to let things slip. It just is saying the attack surface is getting big and you're starting to let something fly. Well, then the more you do that, you said something, your, your spouse, whatever, getting offended. If you would have just Shut it off. How much could you have avoided? Ecclesiastes 5. We can go ahead and... Uh, <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 5. Do you know where Ecclesiastes... It's a good exercise. You know where Ecclesiastes is? Right after... Can you find Proverbs? Psalms and Proverbs. All you got to do is like split your Bible in half, open it up. And you'll land in like Proverbs and Psalms, probably. Just keep going a little bit further, and Ecclesiastes is right after. So if you have your Bible, go ahead. Of course, you know, if you're looking at it online, you don't have to worry about where the book is. You just type it in, and it pops up. But <clears throat> Proverbs 5, or excuse me, Ecclesiastes 5. Verse 2. <clears throat> it says, Do not be rash with your mouth. 
And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth, therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words. Like I said, you know, you could talk, we could talk about this in general. This is just a general concept. We could talk about words and this is a, no matter what subject we, were, we would be touching on, this is valid. But I'm, I'm talking about it in context of offense and, hey, trying to go back upstream and not get in some of these places where we got to pick up the pieces all the time. And this is applicable. Notice a couple things here. It says, do not, verse 2, do not be rash with your mouth and let, your heart, let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. Now, I want to touch on a couple things. There's so much we could say here. But we're talking about with other people. But I want to also just throw this in here because this is relating specifically to God. Uh, people talk way too much even when they're talking to God sometimes. I mean, you can have conversations, but when you're frustrated with a circumstance, because we talked about offense that people can get offended by God. And we're not going to re-preach that tonight, but go back and listen to the earlier messages, because all these things, you know, they, they build on one another, and they're different facets of this topic that will help you. People actually get offended with God, and don't raise your hand because you, most people in there have probably been tempted, if not all, because the devil goes about trying to kill people, and one of the ways he does is, is to get you separated from God and to tell you God is your problem. God's not anybody's problem on, for a human. Satan, God is his problem, and he has defeated Satan, and Satan knows he can't do anything about God, so what does he do? He tries to get you deceived because he can work on you. What's a smart person going to do? Do what God said. Just listen to God and you will defeat the devil every single time. But what does he try to do? Get you to believe that somehow your circumstance is God's fault. And if he can get you to believe that, you're going to get mad at God. You're going to get offended at God, which means then you're going to start backing away from God. And if you do that, you're backing away from your help. You're backing away from the one that can help you. And if that happens... Now, you're, it's just you. And that's not a good place to be. So, I want to throw this in there when we talk about multitude of words. Something doesn't go the way you thought it would go in life. <coughs> let's just put, you know, we're talking about with people too, but let's just touch on this for a minute. Something doesn't go the way you want it to go. The way you thought it should go. The way you were believing you thought it should go. What you don't want to do is start telling God how it should have gone a different way and start saying all the way you think it should, and you don't want to start saying, God, where were you? See, now you're starting to let your words fly, and offense and sin will be there because God is not your problem. Don't start letting a lot of words loose because you're upset. Now, we've all missed it in these areas. But if we, and if we miss it, what's the thing to do? Get right back up, say, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry, Lord, and get right back on. Don't start, keep digging yourself a hole. You know? Say, what, to get it, what do you do when you've dug yourself a hole? Well, stop digging. If you're already, if you've made a mistake, the, the right thing to do is not like, well, I've gone this far, I might as well keep digging and just keep going. 
stop and say, that was stupid, I shouldn't have said it. Lord, you're not my problem, I'm sorry. But to start speaking, it says, don't be rash with your mouth and let your heart utter anything hastily before the Lord. Don't commit things. For, it's the same thing in, the, in uh, you know, another area. Don't start saying, oh God, I'm going to do this for you and I'm going to do that. Be careful. Don't start committing things to God. There's other verses that talk about this. You know, don't, don't commit rashly and then think about later. Talk is cheap. It's easy to say you're going to do all kinds of things. I'll be there. I'll do that. I'm behind you. I'll, I'll be there. Your employer. I'll, don't, don't do that. Do be, have your words mean something. When you say it, you're going to do that. Because God, when he says it, that's it. He never changes. God has never said anything that he didn't mean. He's never said anything he had to take back. When he said it, it was right. We're supposed to want to be like him. The devil, on the other hand, he spews stuff all the time that are, not only does he not mean it, it's a complete lie. It is built to deceive. He on purpose speaks things that are meant to deceive people. So you see the, uh, the two ways work. God over here will not say anything he doesn't mean. And when he speaks, there is power behind it. He spoke the universe into existence. And so his words are powerful. Every one of them means he says what he means and he means what he says. Satan, on the other hand, throws around words all the time that aren't true, that don't mean anything, that are meant to deceive. He fabricates lies and spews the words that all they're trying to do is deceive somebody. So his words mean nothing as far as value and reliability. Which as a side note, I ought to give you a clue. If the devil's talking to you about something, you might as well just blow it off because he's a known liar anyway. Just because he told you you're going to fail, what does that mean? He, he's going to try to do, he's going to try to tell you you're going to fail when you are just about to go over the victory line. He will tell you that when you're about to break the ribbon. He's a known liar. So Satan is not who we want to emulate. God's who we want to emulate. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be what? Many. Just spew it as much. Whenever you feel like it, let it rip. Is that what it says? It doesn't say that. It says, let your words be, be few, for a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by as many words. A fool's voice is known by as many words. Now look at this in the contemporary English version. <clears throat> Don't talk before you think or make promises to God without thinking them through. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so don't talk too much. If you keep thinking about something, you will dream about it. If you talk too much, you will say the wrong thing. That sounds like the other verse we read. The other one said, if you, you will say the wrong thing if you talk too much. It was the same words, only just in verse, when we read it in Proverbs 10, 19. It says, if you talk too much, you will say the wrong thing. A fool's voice is known by his many words. Who do we want? We want to emulate 
a fool or emulate the wise person? Let's look at another one, Ecclesiastes 10. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 10, verse 12. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 10, verse 12. It says, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. The words of his mouth begin with foolishness, and the end of his talk is raving madness. A fool also multiplies words. No, one, no man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will be after him? So no, no we're talking about this in context. Like I said, it's, a, it's general, but we're talking about in context of offense. If we're talking a lot in any relationship there is going to be wrong things said. There's going to be opportunity for offense. There's going to be opportunity for sin. If we cut back, we're going to be walking more in line with what God would have us to do. And we're going to have less picking up to do of the pieces. We're going to say, because once you say it, you can't take it back. When you say it, it's out there. When we say it to somebody, we say something negative, we cut them down, we can come back and repent, but you know who will repeat that and, re and replay that in that person's mind? Satan will bring those words back. And even if you're really close to the person, you know what? If you said it, you didn't mean it, it'll come back. Well, you know, they said this. They don't really believe in you because they said this. They might, yeah, of course you're okay now, but that's what was really in their heart. And even if... They just yielded to the devil. It was the devil. See, the devil's so mean and wicked. It was his thought. He was trying to push them. That's not what they really believed, but they let it rip and they said, you know, said something. But then who's going to bring back? What's Satan going to bring back? He'll bring back the thing that he told them in the first place and say that's what was truly in their heart. He's a liar. But that's why when we let words rip, we send them out there we can't get them back. So the less we can send them out there, the better. Uh, in the Common English Bible, it says, Words from a wise person's mouth are beneficial, but fools are devoured by their own lips. Fools start out talking, now listen to this, fools start out talking foolishness and end up speaking awful nonsense. We're going to read this in another uh, version. But notice, fools start out talking nonsense, but they end up speaking awful. They start out talking foolishness, but they end up speaking awful nonsense. So, again, we could be saying something. If we don't want to emulate this, but a fool can say something. I don't really mean it. I'm just playing with it. But they keep talking, and they keep talking, and pretty soon, they're talking really bad stuff. Well, if we, get, if we emulate that, we might be just, we're just talking. You know, we don't mean anything by it, but we're saying it. We don't, we're not really mad, but we're just kind of saying some stuff. But as we speak, we get mad, and now we say some stuff that really hurts somebody. Now, none of this is meant to condemn us or to heap condemnation on us. This is meant to instruct us so that we can say, maybe, it, maybe there's a change I could make that will actually undo some of these, this, this picking up. 
And God can help us. If God told us to do it, He can help us to control our tongue. He can help us to overcome. He can help us to stay silent. Because if He told us that we're supposed to you know, not speak so much at certain times, we can do it. He can help us to do it. Amen? If we say, oh, it's just, it's just the way I am, then we're contradicting Scripture. We, is it worth not having to pick up the pieces? Is it worth not dealing with that? So we have to say, is it worth stopping it now? Now, I know, I mean, yeah, we may, we may have missed it. And if we miss it, the quickest thing to do is not keep going to say, I missed it, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But we're going to get better if we'll acknowledge it. We'll get better, we'll see it coming, God will help us. It says, fools start out talking foolishness and end up speaking awful nonsense. And then it says, fools talk too much. No one knows what will happen, no one can say what will happen in the future. In the common English version, it says, if you talk sensibly, you will have friends. Now, we started out saying, what the, that, uh, that offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends. Here it's saying, if you talk sensibly, you will have friends. So sometimes the problem is our talk, and it's actually separating. It's driving us apart. It says, if you talk foolishly, you will destroy yourself. Fools begin with nonsense, and their stupid chatter ends with disaster. <laughs> is that? I like that one. I mean, it's, it's blunt. It's not like a surgeon's knife, you know, scalpel there. But begin with nonsense, but ends with disaster. Well, you know what? This is instructive. We don't want to be like that. So, maybe, so at times, it doesn't mean we're all fools. It means... I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to emulate that. Maybe I just need to stop. God help me to stop. I don't want to end with something that's going to be way worse. It says they never tire of talking, but none. And then he's talking about the the future. None of us really know what the future will bring. But he's he's given the picture there. People are talking, 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 talking. You, you see this? I'm sorry, but any kind of sporting event, any kind of election. How much talk is there leading up to that event about what's going to happen? I'm sorry. I mean, you know, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's, you know, the World Cup, whether it's the presidential election, this is what's going to happen. And nobody knows. I mean, God knows. But people will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and give their opinion and really double down and say, no, this is going to happen. And when all the dust settles, majority of what all was said is just complete wrong. And then we reset and go to the next event and the same people, like I'm not trying to, to, to put people down, but I mean, at some point, there's not, there has to be humility. Then the same people talk about the next event as if they got the last one right. <laughs> and most of them are wrong. And if they did get it right, it just is like, okay, now we know. And then those people get it wrong and somebody else gets it right. The, we should know. It's, nobody knows. And then people start throwing out stats. Well, the night last, you know, it, the people, and these don't mean anything, but the people... Whenever there's a team in this situation in the fourth quarter and they have this and the sun's shining or, you know, the, the, the moon's out and it's the, 
fourth Wednesday or fourth Thursday or Sunday of the month, and they were facing this team. Nobody, 99 to 1, nobody except this one team has ever come out of it. It has no bearing on the current situation. This could be the one team in a million that ever won this. But they're acting like it has some, some bearing. The bottom line is none of that matters to what is going on right now. Amen. So we need, sometimes we just need, need to realize that might be an example of, you know, that we can all relate to. But in our own life, talk and talk and talking about what's going on and well, I don't know and what will this happen and talking and I don't know, we're going to go down and we're going to go up and talk. And then something happens, you're like, well, none of that was right. Now we go to the next event and we're talking and we're saying this and, you know, getting mad at somebody and doing the same thing and then, Okay, that event's over. And then we do the same thing. It's the same thing. It's a bunch of talk that doesn't amount to anything except it can hurt people. Amen.